Welcome, everybody. It is episode 160 of TLDR Podcast. We are down a man. Tyler is on his uh, honeymoon. Congratulations, Tyler, from the TLDR boys. Once again, you are married now, um, and all of us were at that wedding, and we and we were also at the uh, the night before, which was a which was in the day before, which was a great time. Alex, you know, uh, Tyler's now married. I know you're tired. How how was your whole weekend? And you know, did you barely make it out of there? Uh, my weekend was fantastic. I had a great time. Uh, obviously the only little hiccup was my, my little slip during our, our grand entrance. I thought I'd bring it up trading. I did it for you. And by, I did it for you. I mean, it was 100% an accident. Uh, it seems like a lot of people didn't see it. I, I was told that I played it off pretty well, but yeah, did, did slip, uh, running in trying to hype the, the team up the crowd. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a long drive back, but I'm glad that. We spent some time down there and yeah, it was a great wedding and uh, congratulations to Ty and Jess. And I hope they are having fun on their honeymoon. Yes, uh, we do hope that. Um, yeah, we so we flew to give some people context um, who haven't seen the fall um, because it's a tough video to find. We finally got it like yesterday or the day before uh, James found it. Um, we, we flew in as like jets to uh, t- uh, what song was that, guys? Uh, Danger okay. Zone. Danger Zone. That's right. Honestly, uh, I didn't even hear the music while we were going. Like I was so focused. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yeah, he Alex led us out, and he took a spill right off the right off the back. And then James looked like he stiff arm stiff arms Alex so that he doesn't go down too, which is actually a, a good a, a good little uh, you know part there. So, James, you did not fall. Uh, at least then, did you fall? Did did you fall over drunk at any time this weekend, or uh, that I didn't see, or you know, did you? No, fall? man. I uh, I did not fall at all because I can handle my alcohol and also my lip pillows. Traden had his first little experience with lip pillows and uh, did not did not go over well. But he, he's okay. <laughs> he's okay. He lived. He lived. We got a, we got a lot of good videos this weekend of everybody just having a good time, and by that I mean passing out and falling. It was it was good. It was a very memorable weekend. Very happy I went. That was probably by far like one of the one of the most fun weddings I've been to. The dance floor was never empty. It was a great time. Open bar, good beer, good people, good vibes, great uh, speeches, especially by Gary, or Tyler's dad. Huge fan of that speech, him and looping and everything. And uh, overall, just a good time. And for anybody out there going to an Airbnb, always bring your own towels. (laughs) That is a nice, beautiful PSA from you, James. Um, And please listen to that one because it is an important one. Um, well, we're going to get right into it. Uh, we're going to get into it with, uh, with some football. James has not gone first in a while. So I think we should kick this off with some football. Um, uh, and James, I believe we are going to the AFC East. We are going to the AFC East. I'm glad you know that. So you did the research on the right thing. Uh, <laughs> but AFC East works out really well because Hard Knocks debuts tonight, which is Tuesday. And the Jets are on Hard Knocks. And we're going to talk about the Jets first. 7-10 and 10 last season. Lost defensive lineman Sheldon Rankings but gain- and Nate Herring, Herbig. They gained Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, McCole Harmon, uh, center Connor McGovern, and safety Adrian Amos. With a 15th pick in the draft, they picked Will McDonald IV out of Iowa State. Alex, how did they finish? 
I had a really tough time with them because they felt obviously not a team that performed very well last year. But when you get Aaron Rodgers, you have to expect that they're going to be better. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go ten and seven. I don't really like it, um, but I think you have to trust that Aaron Rodgers is going to help. Um, so I'm going to go ten and seven. Brayden. It was interesting because this this Jets team was one of the better uh, defensive teams. Uh, and I didn't really realize that until you actually dig into the numbers. Fourth fewest in points uh, yard and yards per game um, in, in a league that, you know, it it, 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 it just seems very interesting. It kind of came out of nowhere. And I just don't know that it's tough for that to be repeated. Uh, I do think that there's going to be some, um, you know, offensive upside. I mean, definitely with, with Aaron Rodgers there. Um, uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers there, I think there's definitely going to be, um, so a, a positive, definitely a positive in the offensive side. I just don't know where we're going to be at defensively. I, I have this team at nine wins. Oh, nine wins. Okay. I have them at 11 guys. Reason being, and you know, listen, like they won seven games last season and their quarterback was Zach Wilson, who by far one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And the fact that Brees Hall went injured after about five games, seven games. I mean, come on, having Aaron Rodgers, having a healthy Brees Hall. That's going to give your offense some help there. And like Traden said, that defense is good. When you have Robert Sulla, like being the defensive coordinator, being the head coach, you will always have a good defense. Moving to fantasy. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, ADP 105, quarterback 12. He finished last season as quarterback 13 with a very bad cast of wide receivers in Green Bay. Alex, after always being a top 10 QB, why do you think he's going at 12 now that he has better wide receiver help? I mean, he has one better wide receiver. The rest are just the entire Packers core that went to New uh, to New York. That's not Devontae <laughs> Adams. So <laughs> if it was Devontae Adams that went with him, I think everyone would feel a little bit different. I also just think it's his age. He doesn't run as much. And, you know, obviously looking at, you know, potentially the guys that are projected to be better ahead of him, they will run. He's what, 38 years old or something like that. Ton of like funky like uh leg injury so i mean i i could definitely see him squeaking into the top 10 but it doesn't feel like he should be ranked as a top 10 guy right now i hear you running back Brees hall adp 35 running back 12 he tore his acl in week seven but was really doing really well before then so trading how do you feel about him coming off an acl tear and the fact that dalvin cook might be signing with the new york jets yeah it it, it definitely gives you pause i mean We've had we've had we've had this conversation multiple times on this podcast. Um, we don't think he's going to probably be 100 percent right off the bat. Um, even still, after that recovery, it's just it's just t- it's a tough injury to come back from. And you have you have a better quarterback to, that you're uh, that that won't need to run the ball as much. Uh, if if you have Dalvin Cook come to the Jets, it's almost like Brees Hall's uh, you know positioning gets pushed back uh, gets pushed back that much further. Um, if you if you add in the fact that they're throwing their throwing offense is going to be that much higher, this is a, this is a risky play. Okay, so do you like him at running back twelve, or would you drop him farther than that? It, it for me, he, he's dropped. So running backs running back twelve is is, is an RB one in twelve team leagues. I, I mean, and an RB two on and others. I don't know. I, I think that I think that's that's a little rich for my blood. Okay, cool. Moving on to wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, ADP 21, wide receiver 10. He had a tough QB situation that we mentioned earlier with Zach Wilson, but he still finished as wide receiver 21 on the season. Alex, with Rodgers as his QB, is he going to be a top 10 wide receiver at the end of the season? 
I'm going to say, uh, you know, I'm going to say yes. You know, looking at where he averaged, so he was averaging 17 and a half ish points. There were a couple of times he got over 24 points, uh, three games. And that's with some mixture of Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, or Mike White. Uh, not, not great. So I, yeah, I could see him coming up to like number seven. Like, so those averages, he would have been the seventh in 2022 with those, like those big numbers. So yeah, I think, I think you lock him as a, in as a top 10 um, and just hope that he gets enough reps, even though there is that wide receiver room is, you know, deep kind of. That's cool. Moving on to the New England Patriots, finished last season eight and nine. They lost Nelson Aguilar, Damon Harris, Jacoby Myers, and Isaiah Wynn. But they did gain Juju, the dancing TikTok phenom, Mike Gusecki, and Riley Reef, not Riley Reed. And for those of you who get your head out the gutter. With a 17th pick in the draft, they picked cornerback Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Traded, how did they finish? Interesting. I think this team is going to be the bottom of their division. However, it's it's interesting because I think this is one of those teams that it's like they're they're probably going to be the best worst team among the um, among all the uh, you know among all the divisions. And if that makes sense, I know it's kind of weird. Um, I see seven wins, but uh, but I see that because I just don't know what we're going to get out of uh, out of Mac Jones. I think that it's good to bring back uh, or to bring back Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien, an actual offensive coordinator. That's going to really help, I would think uh the defense is always going to be good i mean a bill belichick uh team is always going to be good for in my opinion seven wins at the very least it just simply because the offense is that good um they were superb and it's unfortunate because the offense was not there for support you gotta think there's gonna be a little bit of support there but mac jones still is a huge question mark for me alex uh, yeah, I agree with everything Traden just said. Um, of course, they picked a, D, a corner in the in the first round pick because that's what the Patriots do. Um, you know, I think we saw Mac Jones as a rookie, thinking like, okay, he might be able to do this, and then he, we really saw him take a step back uh, last year. You know, the guys they lost is that's a fair amount of offensive firepower. You know, they're not superstars, but Juju is not a superstar either. Um, I'm going to go seven and 10. If they were in the, you know, AFC South, I'd probably go 10 and seven, but because they're in this division, they feel like a seven and 10 team. I actually haven't gone eight and nine. Um, it has like that, uh, that Mike Tomlin feel to it that you can't really bet that far against Bill Belichick. I'm not a fan of Mac Jones, plain and simple. They get that. He's dirty. He is not that good. He's dirty. <laughs> uh, they, I'm not a fan of their wide receiver core either. Honestly, on offense, the only person they have is Ramondre Stevenson. And on defense, they, they're solid all the way around, but the only player to write home about is Matthew Judon. There's no real stars on either side of the ball. So 8-9 it is for me. Moving on to fantasy, quarterback Mac Jones, ADP 169, quarterback 28, finishes quarterback 23 last season. He's going one pick before a retired Tom Brady, so we're definitely not going to talk about him. Running back Ramondre Stevenson, ADP 37, running back 15, Finishes running back seven last season. So trading, he's going point one picks before Najee Harris. Who would you rather have? Oh, that's that that cuts deep, man. You did this. I on know this a good, that is a good one. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I call me crazy, but I love what what Ramondre Stevens did. Stevenson did with uh with this offense because I just you're you're gonna have some you're gonna have a positive effect of, of bringing back uh Bill O'Brien uh, as I mentioned, uh. And I th- and I just don't trust Najee Harris to be honest with you. And there's nothing else, as you mentioned, in New England. There's nothing else. Juju's Juju is 
the biggest question mark I have, and it's still you're still dealing with uh, with Mac Jones. It's just too many question marks. And I think that uh, you know Ramondre Stevenson can have a could have a huge breakout uh, a breakout season, and I would rather have him right now. And that says a lot. <laughs> I agree, honestly, I really do. Juju Smith Schuster, Schuster, whatever his name is, he sucks. ADP one twenty, wide receiver forty four, finishes wide receiver twenty seven last season. Alex, he's not the de facto number one receiving option on this offense. Do you think he gets more than a thousand yards receiving? Last season with the Chiefs, he had 933. When you have Patrick Mahomes, see, that's really hard. We always say he was healthy, and we always say, oh, Patrick Mahomes, everything should go up. But Travis Kelsey's on that team, and he gets 95% of the you know targets. That's obviously not true. But <laughs> I'm going to say no. Um, he has not produced a 1,000-yard season since 2018. That's now five, six years ago at this point. Um I mean, Mac Jones, I would bottom 10 quarterback in the league probably right now. So I'm going to say no, um, especially if Stevenson is going to be the bulk of their offense, which it should be. Um, I'm going to say no, he does not get over a thousand yard season. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins, nine and eight last season. They lost defensive end Melvin Ingram to free agency and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to Detroit. They gained cornerback Jalen Ramsey via trade from the Rams, but he's currently hurt and he should be back before the start of the season, hopefully. They also gained wide receiver Chosen Anderson, formerly known as Robbie Anderson, who played for the Panthers. Quarterback Mike White, who Alex talked about with his triple threat of quarterbacks of the Jets. And linebacker David Long, the Tennessee Titans. In the draft, they drafted nobody in the first round because they lost their pick because they are cheaters. Alex, <laughs> how is the team going to finish? This feels like a team that could be really good, but I just have no faith that Tua can stay healthy for a full season. Um, so I want to say they go nine and eight again. I just think I'm just no faith in them. Yeah, uh, I, I'm in. I'm in a similar situation. I actually think we'll see another. Uh, uh, I think I, you know what? I'm going to give them ten wins. I think that's. I know that's being quite generous, but I. But I do believe that we're going to see. Um, yeah, that we're going to see uh, Tua stay healthy to an extent. I think that the moves they made on the defense kind of bolstered that uh, that defense. You still have the you still have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who were absolute game breakers for them last season. Um, and then you pick up uh, uh, Bradley Chubb on the on the defensive side, and I just think that you and Jalen Ramsey, and I think you just have a a pretty solid defensive core uh, enough to enough to win you some games, even if Tua is not at one hundred percent. I also have ten wins, uh, but the reason why I'm saying ten wins is because of an explosive offense. And yes, Tua may be in or out, but you still have a very explosive rushing attack and a dynamic passing attack. And bringing Vic Fangio, who's known for having top five defenses, is going to make that defense so much better. So 10 and 7 for me. Quarterback Tua Tungabailoa, ADP 115, quarterback 13. Finishes quarterback 15 after missing a lot of time with a pretty scary head injury that he had. Uh, so, Trayden, Alex doesn't think so, but do you think he makes it through a full season? um you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be i'm gonna go against alex because this is what we do in this podcast yes and i have no reason to say that i don't there's no reason to suggest that miami did not did not really um manage him very well i think they were a little stupid in how they in, in in how they handled him so uh so yes i don't know why but yes 
I mean, one of you is going to be right at the end of the season. <laughs> it's probably going to be Alex, but yes. one of you is going to be right. <laughs> Moving on to the running back room, Jeff Wilson Jr., ADP 138, running back 40, and Raheem Mostert, ADP 143, running back 41. Alex, who would you rather have as a back-end insurance running back, Jeff Wilson Jr. or Raheem Mostert? I honestly have no idea. You got one, bro. Yeah, I know. I'm getting there. They're so like interchangeable in my mind. I maybe just because they were both Niners and now they're both Dolphins and they both seem to have spurts of greatness and then they're hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna go Mostert for no reason at all. Um, I just think he played 16 games in 2022, so it seems like he was healthy. So let's just go Mostert. Yeah, very cool. I would have said Jeff Wilson Jr. Because it would be different than you. So <laughs> that's, that's what we do in this podcast. It's a coin flip. That is what we do. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver room. Tyreek Hill, ADP 8, wide receiver 4. Finishes wide receiver 2 last season. Jalen Waddle, ADP 24, wide receiver 11. Finishes wide receiver 8 last season. Traden, this is a double question for you. Would you rather have Hill in the first or Waddle in the third? And whoever you pick, you have to have that same touchdown dance for the rest of your life. You can't celebrate anything any other. Oh, way. then it's 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 Jalen Waddle. It's not even a question. You're gonna waddle around <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but yes, because we do all throughout football, the last football season, James, you and I were doing it. So <laughs> I'm over halfway there. Uh, uh, but Jalen Waddle in the third, like dropping in the third, I think is actually is is solid. I mean, to to give up Tyreek Hill, guys, is it, th- that's tough. I mean, th- this is actually not an easy question, and I'm and that's obviously why you're asking it. Um, I I, I do like the value of Jalen Waddle at three. Um, but Tyreek Hill is is gonna be you know he's gonna be a top five you know t- top five drafted wide receiver in in my opinion. So, um. I think getting Waddle in the third is, is still a pretty solid uh, – uh, is, is just good for the value. So you pick Waddle in the third over Tyreek in the first? Probably. Okay. There you go. Moving on to the Buffalo Bills, 13-3 and three last season. Yes, I know that means 16 games, but they didn't finish that game with Cincinnati. They lost linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, quarterback Case Keenum, running back Devin Singletary, and wide receiver Cole Beasley. But they did gain guard Connor McGovern, running back Damon Harris from New England, and defensive end Leonard Floyd from the Rams. With the 25th pick of the of the draft, they picked tight end Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Traden, how does how do they finish? The Buffalo Bills will end up with another with what will end up with a 14 win season. Um, the Buffalo Bills are are incredible, um, and I just think that they, as long as you have Josh Allen, you're going to continue to be great. Um, I, I, I do question their play. Like this is a point where we look at a team like this and say, okay, I don't give a fuck how many games you win in the regular season. How do, how are you going to perform in the playoffs? Cause they've dropped two tough games in, in playoff situations the last two seasons. Uh, and the Buffalo bills looked horrible last playoffs. Um, so that's the biggest question mark for me. I don't have a problem with, with betting that they're going to get 14 wins. I, I mean, I know that's probably on the high side, but again, it's the bills. And, and it seems like even, you know, even when they when they have their stumbles, they still have an have a have an ability to uh, to to overcome it. You know, down the stretch, I just you know, I, I just I, I think that's pretty safe. Alex, I have more at twelve and five. Um, I just I'm just not sure that they kind of care about the regular season as much now at this point. Um, and it feels like there's a little, a little bit of cracks are starting to show there. Um, I still think they are the class of this division, um, but I'm going to go 12 and five. 
kind of just hedging my bets a little bit here. I agree with Alex. I got 12 and five as well. Uh, Josh Allen towards the end of the back end of last season didn't look good. I think he had like 18 touchdowns to 10 interceptions and that's not a good sign. Um, and then it was hit the precipice when he didn't do well in the playoffs. And I'm really interested to see how this relationship between him and Diggs plays out. It could be really bad or they could just force feed Diggs and get him to be really good. Uh, but either way, I think that the running game of the Buffalo Bills takes a step forward this year in James Cook. Um, and the defense should be just as good, especially with Von Miller returning. So I still have him at 12 and 5 winning this division. Quarterback Josh Allen, a.k.a. Alex's best friend, ADP 19, quarterback number two, finishes quarterback number two last season. Alex, what are the chances he finishes as quarterback number one? 25%. I still think with Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, there's a good chance one of those guys finishes ahead of him. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts is a little bit more on the rushing side and then the passing side, and Mahomes is just probably going to throw for 75,000 yards. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna say, like, it could happen for sure. He's But I would like 25%. Okay. Running back James Cook, ADP 89, running back 27. He is now the lead back in Buffalo. Last season, he finished with 687 yards and three total touchdowns. What are your projections from this year, Trayden? Um, I, I I actually agree with you, James. I think he's going to take a step forward. Um, I know that you know I know that he didn't have the greatest you know greatest start, but I think I think that we're going to see a little bit more of a dynamic offense. You know, the use of the of the running game a little bit because I think that you they need to do that to be successful um, as a franchise, not necessarily in fantasy. So they they're they are going to be looking to for James Cook to cook a little bit more. So um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say 800 yards. Uh, how many, how many uh, touchdowns did he get last season? Three. Two? Oh, two, three. Um, I think he's good for five. Okay. That being said, he's currently going 0.1 picks after his brother, Dalvin Cook, who doesn't have a team yet. Why do you think that is? He's going after Dalvin Cook. He's going after him. Because yep. it's Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook is, is kind of in that upper echelon anyway. Um, and... It's also the Buffalo Bills. Even though I say that there's going to be more of a dynamic offense, it's still not going to be like a, a, a typical offense where they have the uh, you know a, a fair share. It's it's going to be seventy five percent throwing always. I agree. Okay, and then wide receiver Stephon Diggs, we just mentioned and Trayden talked about how much the team is going to throw. ADP thirteen and wide receiver five finishes wide receiver four last season. Will this be his sixth consecutive one thousand plus yard receiving season, Alex? Yes, I still think, you know, I know, James, you mentioned that there was, you know, the reports about Diggs and Allen and a little tension there. I think they'll get that figured out, um, you know, after J.J., Jamar Chase and Tyreek, you could potentially draft Diggs number four overall now, especially with Cooper Cup's injury during the preseason. And that's still a little bit up in the air. So, yeah, I still think Stephon Diggs is going to be, you know, one of the best wide receivers for in real life and in fantasy. How many touchdowns do you think he'll have? He had 11 last season. I'll go 10. I think they'll – I still think he's a double-digit touchdown type guy. And then wide receiver Gabe Davis, ADP 129, wide receiver 46. There's a lot of talk coming out of camp about him having a breakout season. Traden, do you believe it? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, I, I think he had huge, huge signs of, I mean, seven touchdowns, consistent, consistently six and seven touchdowns, uh, you know, throughout his whole career. Last year, 836 yards. I don't know how that's not a breakout season, but um, I, I guess I guess if if you if if things are to be heard again, if they're going to be a little bit more dynamic, if they're going to if they're going to let more players become involved in this offense, yes, he could have a huge breakout season. Um, because he ha- he has already had spurts, and I think that is just due to you know explode simply because they need to get everybody involved in this offense. And I agree. I think he's gonna have a great year. And that wraps up the AFC East. Thank you very much, James. AFC East. So we, I'm guessing we have NFC East next week. Well, in the progression, yes, that's correct. Perfect. <laughs> and I, so that brings us to three more three more weeks of football talk before the football season starts. Which is perfectly uh, on time. <laughs> sorry, that's like perfect to the perfectly season. on time, yeah. and I and I think you'll have to do one week where you're uh, hosting, right? So uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll make it all work though. Um, I'm very excited for football season. It starts on September 10th. Um, I know that for sure. Or, no, I'm sorry. It actually starts on September. What is that? Like seventh or eighth? Um, but the 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 Sunday football starts September 10th, and that's what that's what I think most of us focus on. At least, at least me. Uh, I do watch a little bit, but um, Sunday is what it's all about. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, Alex is t- is filling in for Tyler again for for the MLB. There was a lot of drama that we have a lot to, that we have to talk about. So uh, stay tuned. And we're back. It was a very drama filled in a good way uh, uh, weekend for for the boys, obviously, with the wedding. It was a interestingly different drama filled weekend for the White Sox, among other teams and among other, you know, uh, you know, franchises across the MLB. Alex, just take it away. Yes, thank you. Uh, Speaking of trauma, we have drama in our standings series picks Tyler texted me them to keep track of them while on his honeymoon show shout out to wow. Tyler I was not expecting him to do that I would have just assumed we would have done it later but <laughs> here we are. at the standings uh for the week I went two and two James also went two and two trade in one and three Tyler one and four and I'm going to explain that in just a second uh so the overall standings I unfortunately really didn't make up any ground I'm seven and nine Trade in, you join me down here at the seven and nine club. Jeff Fisher, here we at. Uh, <laughs> you are 10 and seven, my guy. And Tyler drops to nine and nine. And this is this is what I made. I texted Tyler this and he said, You're in charge for the week. And I was like, cool, I'm making this decision. The sweep that he picked, that team got swept. So for so what happened oh. is the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, he picked the Red Sox to sweep, but the Blue Jays swept. So I'm giving him two L's for that. <laughs> like you get an extra point if your team sweeps you get a you get another loss if your team gets swept that you pick to sweep so i love that that's good yeah uh, we, did, we did uh as a collective group we did a really poor job on the cubs atlanta series we all picked atlanta and the cubs took two out of three the uh houston new york yankee series was a split so i just gave everyone a w because this is a positive podcast uh blue jays and socks we all fucked up and then whatever the other one was i can't can't remember but doesn't matter um okay so speaking of the drama that trade-in was talking about cleveland guardians chicago white Sox. one is just a franchise that needs to 
start all over in the White Sox. The Guardians are the Guardians. But if you haven't seen this, we had the first like major, major fight in baseball this, this season. So Jose Ramirez hits a double, slides into second base. Tim Anderson, the shortstop for the White Sox, kind of holds the tag on him. And I'm assuming some other words must have been said. And then Jose Ramirez kind of like pokes at him. And Jose Ramirez is a, a beefy boy, but he's short. Uh, and Tim Anderson is a, not that that tall, but he's he's more like wiry strong, I think. Um, so Jose Ramirez like kind of starts poking at him. And then Tim Anderson just throws his glove down and starts. He's like ready to go. Like they're full boxing. Tim Anderson throws three punches, somehow misses all of them. <laughs> and then we get a Rugnet Odor, Jose Bautista right hook from Jose Ramirez. And Tim Anderson is out. Like he falls down, he's out. The rest of the guys come in, and then the whole same shoving. Everyone calms down. Some more shoving happens. Post this, Jose Ramirez through an interpreter pretty much says like Tim Anderson has been a little bitch this whole time. Uh, like Tim Anderson's like talking smack to rookies on the Guardians. Uh, we don't hear from Tim Anderson for a while. Then he tweets out a bunch of shit, and then he deletes some of it. Whole bunch of craziness is going on. But Traden, we'll start with you since your sport kind of allows fighting. Uh, you can, you know, technically do it, but you get in trouble. Uh, what did you think of this whole situation? Um, and and were, were you into it? So uh, if you were watching on YouTube, um, I have a background. And it's the fuck around, find out chart. <laughs> this is the fuck around, find out chart that Tim Anderson took took uh, took to heart. Mm. Um yeah. He fucked around with uh, with with Mirez and uh, let's just I I think that he kind of started the fight because he, he kind of has been kind of doing a lot of shit leading up to it. I mean, I know that he did something um, uh, last year. Uh, he's he's kind of pouty when things don't go his way. He instead of a, instead of a normal, you know, sport, uh, you know, or athlete that makes mistakes, you know, out outwardly and tries to, you know, think and I think they try to uh you know rectify that or or get better the next time no he just complains about it and bitches about it that's what he does and uh, it kind of it kind of happened um you know that, that there's something that happened last year where he committed errors and he just kind of was all pissy about it and then um I believe Friday night he like pushed like there was a there was a you know a, a ta- there was a tag out at second I think it was and and he like pushed the guy's arm off and 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 created an out even though that's against the rules and he just he's he's just a little bit of an unsportsmanlike um, asshole, and then it all kind of culminated with this where I think he just wanted to fight someone and he thought he could fight Ramirez and Ramirez needed one to completely knock uh knock uh Tim Anderson out. Um, I have an issue with Tim Anderson. I it seems like he thinks the game is a or he is above the game. That he and he is above the White Sox, and I think this has been a problem for the White Sox for a, for a couple seasons now. Um, the Chicago White Sox, I mean, I know you'll get into it, have an issue. I think in the in the locker room department and in the um, you know in, in terms of the culture, and I think that he's at the head of it. Um, he kind of reminds me that this team kind of reminds me of the uh, of the Memphis Grizzlies. Like you don't have a fucking, you don't have a fucking, um, you know, clue. You don't have anybody who's, who's there to play baseball instead, just look like a fucking asshole. And that's Tim Anderson. And what the worst of it is, I think that Ramirez apologized, you know, uh, in some respect, I think, I think he tried to apologize today or it was, or maybe it was yesterday and Anderson decided to not even say anything about it. Like 
I don't know. I, it, it seems to me a Ramirez is a little more classier than, than, um, you know, than Tim Anderson. I don't know. I mean, he did get into the fight, but I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed clearly that Tim Anderson wanted to fight and he got one just fucked around and he found out. <laughs> yeah. Tim Anderson definitely looked pretty wobbly coming off, off the field there. It looked like some of his teammates were holding them up. Uh, and then, yeah. So what trading's kind of referring to with the White Sox after this, reports have come out that there are rookies sleeping in the dugouts. Um, Yohan Mankata, Eloy Jimenez, and Yasmani Grandal are contributing to this poor culture. Um, something about Yasmani wanting to leave early for the uh, for the All-Star break and like didn't show up to a game, and Tim Anderson slapped him. Whole bunch of shit's going on. I think the other part is the manager hasn't said anything. The GM really has not said anything. Like the the ownership, like no, nobody in the White Sox is talking about this to the media, which is just making things grow even out of more out of more proportion, I guess. But James, what did you think about the fight? And then after that, what do you think about all these reports coming out about the dysfunction of the Chicago White Sox? I thought the fight was really cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, you got to let some frustrations out and words just won't cut it. Um, I think that's the biggest difference between like men and women, like we need a physical outlet. And that's what you get when you put two men who have high frustrations on, on the field. At some point you need a physical outlet. And that's what it was. Uh, he slept him. <laughs> he slept him hard. And I love how the announcers, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch the video with the sound on the announcer goes from straight up doing a baseball game. And then all of a sudden flips the switch and is announcing a boxing match <laughs> and down goes Anderson. That was amazing. I think we're going to kind of get a little bit of a uh, Antonio Brown like storyline here, story arc for Tim Anderson. One big hit is all it takes. And then from that point forward, there's no coming back from him. Tim Anderson, man, it could be like that bad boy Antonio Brown type thing. So we'll see what happens there. Um, dysfunction wise, I mean, what do you expect when you have, when you used to have a Tony LaRusso led ball club? Like when they, when he first got hired, I was against it. I thought he was a terrible human being. And I said that. And look what you're getting the same culture that Tony LaRusso brought in, it's still there a year after Tony LaRusso left, right? It's really hard to get rid of that, especially when you're bringing in some manager who hasn't really done much yet. And it's like the same guys who are still there were they're part of the LaRusso era where they were mildly successful because that's what they were doing. And now they're going to continue doing what they've been doing. It's weird that the GM doesn't say anything, but then again, the GM might not know what's going on. Seems like a huge communication issue in White Sox land. And unless you get that, fixed you're not looking good yeah Traden. what are your thoughts on this White Sox dysfunction um you know they've even said like players just won't show up to meetings and nobody seems to care I've never heard about that in any other sport if a player just not shows up late doesn't show up to you know unless it's weird contract things in the NFL where people don't show up for shit all the time but like if it is a team meeting before a game or before the season if you're not there you're about to Fuck, fuck up and find out about it like it's not, yeah. it's not fuck around and find out it's not going well yeah um you know it's just interesting with a with an organization this full fully out of whack and and it's clearly it's clearly going down the bad path i mean this is a very bad season very uh not a memorable season anderson alone has just been so bad and he's also it seems like he's also creating a lot of these issues um, if if players aren't showing up to you know to team events and there's no ramifications, what do you expect? What do you expect than than this? If, if I would, I know that this is a little um, hyperbolic, but 
If, if I'm the White Sox, I'm sending every single AAA player that even has a glimpse of hope to play in this league, and I would replace every single major league player on that team because they're already uh, 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 already have enough forgettable seasons. So who cares? Give the guys that actually are working their ass off to actually make it to the to the major leagues show that they can fix a culture and they can play baseball. Are they going to lose games? Of course they are. I, I, and they would get pumped. And you know what? At least at least you have men and adults playing playing in those positions and not childish idiots that are only there to to cut a paycheck, which is weird because they're an athlete of a, of a of a, you know, professional baseball, you know, league and, you know, the, something needs to change culture-wise and and if you're not going to hold people accountable, this is what you get. So I, I as far as I'm concerned, they get they reap what they sow. Yeah, it the White Sox are a very strange organization because it they've been bad. So they won the World Series in 2005. It's been 18 years since then. They've made the playoffs three times. They're generally fall in the bottom part of an American League Central. That's terrible. So they need to clean house. They need to start all over. I don't know if that means trading or releasing anyone that has any sort of value, but you're right. Like Tim Anderson, like what sort of value does he have right now? It's nothing like no trade value. So they got to figure it out. Um, We're going to move on to some other things. I have not, uh, not determined this with Tyler yet, but as we spoke about on this podcast, nothing matters in baseball until we get to Traden's wedding anniversary. I feel like for the playoffs, it starts getting real with Tyler's wedding anniversary. I like that. I like that a lot. We will have to see how Tyler feels about it when he gets <laughs> it. But the next two things, the both wild cards are kind of wild right now. So let's start in the National League. We'll give the we'll start with the positives because I there, think there's some negatives coming for the boys in just a little bit. Um so in the National League, the the Central is definitely still up for debate between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds. Kind of feels like the Dodgers and the Braves are starting to pull away in their respective divisions. But between the Phillies, the Giants, the Reds, the Cubs, who have really come back on, the Marlins, and I guess we'll say the Diamondbacks, who are only two out, three of those teams are going to make it, three of them aren't. Uh, James, we'll go to you. So it's kind of similar to, you know, like, who do you feel the most confident in or do you, or is there a specific team you want to talk about? Do you want to call any one of those teams dead? You can do that too. So what are your thoughts on just the NL wild card and what is going on in that craziness right now? I, I think the Diamondbacks are dead. Um, okay. They're too far gone. They had their success early on in the season and it's really falling apart and they can't find a team, any momentum to go forward there. Um, the ones I'm most confident in are is the Phillies. And I, like I've been riding on this Phillies train all season long. Like when they were bad, I was like, they'll get there, right? They're they're built to contend. They're built, they're built to make a push in, in the playoffs. They're just having a slow start. And that's what's happening. They had a slow start. They're picking up ground right now. They're three games up, I believe, as it stands today. Like they have a cushion. I'm pretty confident in their skills and their abilities to make this push. I'm also pretty confident with the Giants. I as weird as it is, as, as, as weird as it is to say, because earlier on, I wasn't confident at all. I thought they were pretenders. I thought they were not making a push. They haven't built the contending team, but they surprised me. They have great players on both sides of the ball. They have Webb, who is a very good pitcher that I saw last night. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to argue against Again, another three, three game cushion. Um, and the one thing I'm going to double about, double down on is the Cubs being bad. <laughs> as right. dumb as that sounds right now, uh, I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to continue going on it because this is not something I'm going to let go. 
but I don't think the Cubs will make it. Okay. Interesting. Traden, what about you? Any teams that you're feeling confident in? Any teams that you want to declare dead um, or any somewhere in the middle? Yeah. So um, I think Philadelphia and San Francisco are are in a great position. Um, okay. San Francisco looks like a, a great ball, a, a great ball team um, to watch. I mean, they're fun. They, I've watched them a lot more than I've watched the Angels because we have actually access to those games and they just seem to be in every single baseball game every night. Whether they're behind and then they make a push at the end, I know that that's not always sustainable in the playoffs, but they're always they're always competing and they continue to do that. James, you're wrong. Chicago is going to make it. They have a 66 run differential. That's miles better than the Cincinnati Reds, miles better than Miami, and miles better than Arizona. There's and to, that means something to me. That means that they just have they actually can stop runs and at least they can produce. I mean, they're not winning games, you know, they're, they're not getting blown out. I guess, I guess we'll say that. Um, I, I, I don't know how you can't look at that and just have some faith in, in some respect. Yeah. They're, they're a game behind. I, I don't, I, I'm questioning the Cincinnati Reds at this point. I think that the, you start to see the teams that have had generated that negative different differential. You see it in hockey, you see it in baseball, you see it across that really starts to emerge now. Like as soon as Tyler's anniversary occurs in baseball, you'll start to see that kind of occur. Chicago is starting to get that back. Um, And, and I, and I think that they're going to squeak in, it's not going to be pretty, but they're going to, they're going to squeak in their game behind. uh, And, and I just, I just like their chances right now. Yeah. um, With baseball and similar to hockey, the run differential or goal differential is usually a big, you know, stat to look at to see how good a team is i mean if you look at the two what you know what i think we can all agree are the two best teams in the national league right now the braves and the dodgers they're both plus 100 yes brewers plus three the reds minus 26 i mean the cubs have a better runner run differential than the giants and the phillies combined so i'm gonna go out on a limb the chicago cubs are gonna win the national league central they're gonna jump they're only two and a half back in that division I, the Cincinnati Reds are falling a little bit. I think that pitching is finally starting to kind of crumble a little bit. Um, you know, they're three and seven in their last uh, their last ten. I think they got swept or lost a series to the Nationals um, over the weekend. The Cubs are playing well. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's some weird Chicago magic. They're drinking all that Malort or whatever the hell it's called. But um, I'm going Cubs are going to win the division, and I'm going to say both Arizona and Miami are. I think Arizona's for sure dead. I think Miami's got like a tiny, you know, like on TV where there's one little pulse. That's it. But <laughs> similar to similar to Arizona, we thought Miami, like it was a great story. We really thought they were going to be able to make it. And now they're just that. I think that offense has kind of fallen apart. But switching over into the American League, um, a lot of these divisions are still up for grabs for sure. But specifically, I want to talk about the four teams currently out of the playoff spot in the wild card race that well when i texted this to the boys i thought had a chance so you know we'll start with the angels first you guys have been at some games recently they lost all those games they've lost seven in a row after all the things we talked about with shohei and their trade deadline yada 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 since august has started they have not won a single game trade in are the Angels officially dead? They're eight. Yes. They're eight back in the wild card, and I don't know how many in their division. Probably a lot. They they, they are they are done. Um, 
losing seven in a row since the trade deadline. I mean, even if you even if you win half of those, you're just behind the you're just behind Seattle, and you and you actually have a puncher a puncher's chance. You have no chance here. You have to you have to jump four or four other teams, let alone just make up the difference. Like that's the thing, guys. That's what we that's what we have to remember is the Yankees are still going to be pushing. The Boston's going to be pushing, and we'll get to it. The team that I think actually has the best chance that I didn't at the trade deadline that I thought was, was nothing. It completely flipped. Um, It's so unfortunate, but they're dead. All right. James, as an, as also as an angels fan, they dead. Yeah. I I can't say yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, I love the optimism, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I mean, you guys can tell, but like just listen to the podcast, but I'm very different with trading on the fact that I am very optimistic when it comes to my teams. Um, trading is very realistic when it comes to his teams, and I am optimistic as hell. There's always going to be a chance as long as there's they're there, right? Uh, the one thing that I keep thinking about is the amount of players that they have on IEL. There is $104 million of, their, of this year's salary sitting in IEL right now. With that is Trout. With that is Rendon. Neto, Ohapi, Canning. These are all players that haven't played in a while, but are big names and can help this team out. In years past, the Angels would just lay down because they had nothing else to fight for. But you got to show, show if you want to keep showing your team, you got to show them that you're going to at least be competitive. That you, even if you don't make that wild card, make a push to play some meaning in baseball, meaningful baseball. So at the in, in September, like you're still trying to make that wild card push instead of being eliminated late August, like having that, giving them something to look forward to and to work for is something that you need to do to show, show, Hey, you're going to, you're going to make a push and be competitive in the future. And the fact that the, even the front office made all these moves in years past, they would have made these moves. They would have sold everybody. And then the feeling in the clubhouse to be way down, like, Oh, we're supposed to lose now, but they made these moves. And I, I think eventually uh, this team will catch fire at some point. And that, I think that's going to happen when Trout and Rendell, like when people start coming back, when that happens, you get new energy and new blood into the clubhouse, and you're going to catch fire. As, as easily as you lost seven games, you could probably win seven games. Momentum is a fickle beast, and it happens really often in baseball. Like in hockey, trading says momentum means nothing, but in baseball, momentum is everything. Momentum is huge in baseball. And so if you can string together two or three wins, take an L. The next time you string together four or five wins, take an L. You're doing the right things. If you win more games than you lose, and in this case, then – Angels have to go 35 and 13 over the next to the rest of the season to get to 90 wins, which is looking like the cutoff to the wild card. Then they have a chance and it's still possible that they do that. So, yes, I'm so no, I'm not saying that they're dead yet. Okay. What percentage chance do you have that they make the playoffs? 22. Holy cow. (laughs) I would have gone like (laughs) 0.5. Yeah. That's I love that though. I mean, I love the yeah, I love the optimism. Just looking at the rest of that lineup that's not named Shohei Otani, it's not been very good. So yeah, you're gonna need Trout and um Rendon to come back sooner rather than later. You expect Trout to be good. Honestly, Anthony Rendon is feels like a lost cause at this point, but um okay. Then the other three teams like trading kind of mentioned. So kind of looking at the standings, it feels like the two Texas teams are making the playoffs one way or the other. 
uh, either Minnesota or Cleveland is going to win their division and whichever one doesn't is going to miss out. And then Baltimore and Tampa seems like those two are pretty much locked in. So the other kind of four teams then that we're discussing, the last team in that wild card spot, the Toronto Blue Jays, are currently three up on the Mariners who have been ma making a push. They've won five in a row, eight and two over the last 10. The Red Sox, who then just got swept by those same Toronto Blue Jays, are five back. The Yankees are five and a half back. So, uh, Traden, you kind of already mentioned it, um, but, you know, do you think one of those three teams could potentially make a, a run and squeak into that last that last spot? Yeah, um, I think Boston and New York are done. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, if I'm being realistic about the Angels, then I, 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 if I think that Boston, New York, then I, that's why I think the Angels are just done. But I, I think Boston and New York are, 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 are actually out of it. Um, not, not that I don't think there's not a chance. Cause I think there's a, and a there's a, there's not an, even a 25% chance. There's maybe a 5% chance for each of them right now. Um, the only team that has a, that truly has a chance and it is at 28% in my opinion, and that's Seattle. Okay. Um, and, but even then Toronto's looking much better. Uh, they're, they're looking like they've kind of, you know, settled down a little bit. I know that there's a little bit of noise, but you know, they're, they, they've, they're six and four in the last 10, won the last four. They're looking a lot better. And you know, that I, I, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I think their schedule is going to be quite solid. Um, and, and on the other side, I think Houston's, pro I mean, Houston's just too far ahead. I know they're half a game ahead of, um, of, of, um, you know, the, the cutoff, which is where Toronto's at. Uh, I just, it's just Houston. I mean, they went all in and it's Houston. Like who, anybody who thinks that they're going to, um, you know, fall out now are, I think are dead wrong. And Tampa's just too high, too far up. So C Seattle seems like the team that can maybe make the push, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tip my hat. I think Toronto's going to, going to clinch barely that. And I would, and, and again, seven, you know, uh, at the trade deadline, Toronto was a team that, you know, I, that we needed to, to beat James. That's the team we were chasing down. I think that they've stabilized. Okay. James, you love Seattle and hate Toronto. That's famous on this podcast. So do you think Seattle has a chance or uh, Boston or New York could potentially squeak in? Uh, Is it done? Or do you think it's done? Do you think it's these these six teams are coming out of the AL? Well, you gave your Angels a 22% chance. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's not the Angels making it into that last wild card spot, it's going to be whatever's set right now. Okay. I, I don't think, I mean, like, yeah, the, the Mariners have a little bit of a stretch there where they play some bad teams, mainly the the White Sox, the Mets. Um, but other than that, they're playing the Strohs, they're playing the Orioles, they're playing Tampa Bay, the Dodgers, the Rangers. They, they end they end the season with a three-game against the Rangers, a three-game against the Astros, and a four-game against the Rangers. That's brutal. That's that's going to be a tough way to end your season, man. Like you got, if you're even close, you got you got to win the majority of those games. And I don't think those other teams are going to let you just walk over and win it. That's tough. I so if it's not the Angels making that sixth wall, that third wild card spot, it's whatever set right now. I I kind of agree. Um, I think, but I think it's the Mariners that only realistically have a shot. So looking at the FanGraphs percentages, the Mariners have a twenty six point eight percent chance. The Angels, 1.5% whole chance to make the playoffs. Hey, you were and close both, to two. Yeah, there you go. And both the Yankees and the Red Sox are under 12%. So I I it seems like it's almost already set, which is so boring for it being the you know the first week of August. But 
that race looked like it was going to be a lot better. And uh, I'm a little disappointed in it. I hope some of some of these teams make runs, but uh, trade in. That is all I got this week uh, for for my oh, dams since Tyler isn't here. Yes. Thank you very much for filling in um, something that kind of came up. I guess this morning is what I noticed it. Um, the Orioles situation. I fucking hate the Orioles now. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but they fired or I guess they suspended a um, uh, the broadcaster who was simply just giving the giving the game notes of the of the of the of the game um, and really didn't seem like he said anything crazy. I guess I guess the entire Orioles organization is that thin skinned. And for that reason, I just hope they get fucking throttled because I hate them now. Uh, I hate that kind of shit. Um, this is coming from a from a, you know, from a fan whose team gets a lot of shit thrown at it by its own media. And, and I think it's too much. Um, but I mean, this wasn't even close um, to that. And it, it, it's just so Bush League. Um, and, and now I just hope the Orioles get completely pumped. I, lo- I was on their bandwagon. I loved it. But that's just my two cents. I fucking hate you now. So I um, hope you lose. Uh, sorry to say. <laughs> but, uh, Alex, did you have anything to say about that? Because you saw it or? Yeah, it seems like he's going to come back pretty soon. I think a lot of the uh, MLB other, you know, other reporters and on-air guys were pretty much like, yeah, this is bullshit. I watched the video. He didn't say anything other than just stating facts that the Orioles can't win in Tampa. So, <laughs> like, I don't know, Orioles win in Tampa, then you won't get your guy suspended. It's, you know, it's not as nothing like, you know, the – A's guy using a racial slur on live air. Like, yes, that no bueno, get the hell out of here. But like, if he's just stating facts, like, what do you think the, you know, the A's guys that aren't using ra- racial slurs are supposed to say that? And like, <laughs> oh, they're trying their hardest, dude, you've lost 95 games already. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I think, I think it is silly. Um, it sounds like they maybe took a little step back on the indefinite suspension and I think they got, I think they got a lot of heat and they were like, Ooh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done this. And now they, (laughs) now they just look stupid and soft. Yeah. (laughs) Look even softer. James, did you have anything or did you even say that? I mean, that was stupid. It's, it, it's kind of like what the angels do with their reporters. They screen the questions beforehand with the angels reporters. And they were like, if this is negative, we're not going to let you ask it. How stupid is that? There is zero accountability there. I hate that. And the fact that you're pulling somebody who's, who it by far, like everybody's saying he's one of the best reporters in the game right now. He's one of the best commentators on the game right now. And to say to pull that because he said stats is ridiculous to me. You got to hold them accountable, man. Like, hold if you don't like that, hold your team accountable. Like Alex said, win in Tampa. Yeah, I agree. If, if, if I'm, uh, if I'm that, if I'm that, um, you know, reporter, I'm, and, and I wasn't under contract, I'd be looking to find a new job because 29 other teams would, kill to have you apparently so um that's just my two cents sorry alex i didn't mean to throw that one in there no i thought about adding it but there's too much stuff already so I was like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah it's I, it's silly i needed to go on my rant so uh on that one, so. <laughs> that'll be one every pod <laughs> every pod uh thank you guys um we're gonna take another quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk very similar to what we did last week but we're gonna talk about the best and worst franchises of all time stay tuned And we're back in honor of Tyler, who actually last week did 
did what he <laughs> did what we're doing this week. <laughs> um, I'm like, why don't we talk about the best and worst franchises? Last week we looked at the best teams um, in history, but now we're just going to look at the entire franchise as a whole. I know that many of these, especially on the best side, are going to be kind of obvious. I I think and I know that the guys probably have honorable mentions or have another team in their back pocket just in case. Um, or if not, then, you know, oh, well, <laughs> I, I have that. Uh, I have that covered. Uh, so why don't we start right from let's start in the NBA. We'll start in the NBA. James, why don't we start with you? Who is what is the greatest NBA franchise of all time? In my opinion, it's the Lakers. Um, they have so many eras of dominance, right? You have the Showtime era. You have the Kobe Shaq era. You have the Kobe Powell era. You have the LeBron era now who is not really dominant, but he won a, sh- a championship. It's like all these errors define the game in one way or another. And there's also like, if you take like the top 50 players who've ever played basketball and like, look at the hall of fame. That's a lot of those players had played on the Lakers at one point. <laughs> Kareem, magic, wilt, Kobe, Shaq, just an imp- like that's a top 10 right there. Mm-hmm. And they all played for the Lakers. That's the best franchise. Yeah. I mean, it, I think everybody agrees. The Lakers are a top, probably two in the top two and you can like that that's just that's just this guy who doesn't know anything about basketball um alex is that i know that's probably your pick but maybe it's not maybe you have a different thought no it's the lakers um they're tied for the most amount of rings they have the most appearances and like james said it's all spread out he didn't even mention like jerry west elgin baylor uh wilt chamberlain so like they have, they are the all time. Um, and I think what defines them over the Celtics, who I think everyone can agree then would be the second is all of the, the rings, like James mentioned, are spread out. It's not all where the Celtics have won 10 in a row in the 1950s and then have won one in the last 30 years where the Lakers have obviously then now spread theirs out. So I think you can give the Celtics an honorable mention, um, but it, it is the Lakers. Um, and it, in my opinion, it's, that's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's probably the truth. I mean, uh, I, I think the Celtics are probably the next second one. And, and I, my honorable mention um, is going to kind of come out of left field. No, it's not the Warriors. I'm not going to be that guy. Um, it's only not even the Bulls who I think, who, who I, you know, who I really, um, but it's the Spurs. It's the San Antonio Spurs. I um, I, I think they've just been kind of that that low key great franchise that is always that at least until recently has been just consistently great. They've had, um, you know, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. The, I mean, these are these are guys that are you know Hall of Famers, fantastic fantastic players, and they just have they have always just been good. Uh, you know, you know, consecutively, um, and they just have a combination of you know great players, unique style. Greg Popovich, you know. You know, that's that it's, you know, that, that, that all is duty is, is from you, man. Uh, I, I just think the San Antonio Spurs are, um, you know, kind of slept on in this, in, maybe not, maybe they're not, but um, I think in, in terms of the greatest franchises, I think they're, you know, they're, they're maybe a little slept on now because of their, their recent play has not been that great, but they just got the, the, the next coming of, uh, of Jesus. So we'll see if he, uh, <laughs> let's see if he can bring them back um, to stardom. Um, Alex, why don't I'm gonna flip it right back to you? We're staying with the NBA. On the flip side, yeah. who is fucking terrible? <laughs> yeah, so I did have a little bit of trouble with this one. There are definitely a couple of teams I had in mind, but I'm going with any team that makes their home in Charlotte. So either the Bobcats 
or the Hornets. They are just perpetually bad. And like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, for the last decade and a half, you have been owned by the greatest basketball player of all time, and you can't get it figured out. When you think of great Bobcats and Hornets players, the first people that come to mind are Kemba Walker, Al Jefferson, Emeka Okafor. That's not the answer. That is not the answer. <laughs> Charlotte, figure it out. Your team left. They came back. You, it's 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 a mess. Yeah, um, they're they're one of the they, they've had zero NBA cha- uh, championships, zero NBA uh, finals appearances. It just just not great. Just not good at all. Um, and um, they've they've been to the playoffs ten times, which and most of those happened twenty five years ago before, before while we were you know still very very young. So, James, who's your pick? If it's not the same, who do you got? I just want to say Emeka Okafor. That is a throwback. It's yeah, um, my pick. Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> it okay. could be some see bias because I just hate the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> but they they haven't done anything of note ever, really. Like they used to just trade away their star players, like Palgasol, Marcusol, Zach Randolph. They were always sellers and they never had a good franchise piece because they were never competitive. Let's be real. They were finally competitive this last year, but they kind of just blew it up because of poor leadership and just terrible people all around. Like they were letting the early success of not winning a championship get to their head. And that's going to continue carrying on. The Memphis Grizzlies are going to suck. <laughs> yeah. I'm not shocked that you picked that team um, because yeah, I, I agree with you. That's, that's definitely the case. I have two and then they're not the same two. So it's just a shit parade on the, on the, on the bottom tier of the NBA. <laughs> uh, my number, my number one is the Minnesota Timberwolves um, an all-time record, of, uh, an all-time record of, you know, or a percentage of 40%. They've only won 40% of all their games of all time, which is ridiculous. Um, they've existed since 89, 90 and have only won two playoff series in their entire history, which is just terrible. Yeah. They had, they had Kevin Garnett, Kevin Love and Carl um, Anthony Towns. But beyond that, what else is there to celebrate about the Minnesota Timberwolves? They've just been t- terrible. My other one, and I'm sorry, this, that I should not be doing this because we are a TLDR podcast and we love this team because we love Eric, but it's the Los Angeles Clippers, man. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to be an asshole, but again, an all-time record of 42%. That's, that's horrible. Um, the, the problem that I have with is that they, they went through, they've gone through this horrible period of being, you know, not being able to make the playoffs. And now that they are making playoffs, they're not doing anything with it. They're not, they're, they're not able to, to, to reach the potential that I think that they, that they need to. And, and I don't know what it is, but that that's just a recipe for not a great franchise. I mean, if if you know, I know they live in the they live in the shadow of the L.A. Lakers, and maybe their new um, maybe their new arena is going to help with help them kind of get out of that shadow and 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 solidify themselves. But there's something needs to change because we need to see some success. Um, otherwise, it's 50 years, guys. 50 years and no NBA titles. That's just not great for a, for a franchise like that, especially in Los Angeles. So. Sorry, Eric. Um, I don't mean to ask, but here we are. Uh, let's move over to the MLB. Again, I, I don't know where we're going to go with this. I think there's one obvious one, but maybe you guys have something different. Alex, you, base, you baseball guy, what do you got? Yeah, it's the Yankees. Um, it's similar to the Lakers, just dominance over the years. Um, you know, when you think of all-time greats, a lot of them have been Yankees. True, they have not won in a while, but overall – dominance throughout the entire period um you know three times as many championships almost as the next closest team so yeah it's it's the yankees 
All right. Uh, James, I, do you have another team? No, it's the Yankees. Dominance uh, <laughs> over decades and decades. It's kind of like the Lakers. When you think of best players, you think of Yankees players. Like, I mean, you got the captain, you know, Babe Ruth. It's all the folklore that is baseball has something to do with the Yankees in it. Yep. Um, I, again, I think this is very similar to to basketball. The, the close second, I think we all agree, is Boston Red Sox. I mean, I think that that's kind of the an obvious second pick. I, again, I'm an, I, I'm throwing in an honorable mention of a team that maybe gets slept on, and this is the this is the best franchise probably in the NL, and that's the St. Louis Cardinals consistently. Um, you know, they they they've just been all around consistent since the 2000s. Um, they've, they've had, you know, I know they have four world series appearances, two world series, um, you know, wins only, but, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that just consistently is poised to contend. Um, and I know that this year is a little bit different, but last year they kind of came out of nowhere and they're just consistently good. Um, and I don't know where you feel about that. I know I didn't say the Dodgers, Alex, but I know I just thought on the NL side, the Cardinals kind of up there, right? Oh yeah. I think if you put them in the, in the ranking, you know, the Cardinals will be up there. I think the A's get should get a mention. Obviously, ignore their recency bias, but three cities, a lot of championships, um, just a shitty owner. <laughs> like, Definitely a shitty owner. Yes. All right. To the to the rags or from the riches to the rags in the MLB. James, who is the what is the worst franchise in MLB history? I am really excited for this one. <laughs> My pick is the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've never made it to the World Series. They have five, just five playoff appearances. They were founded in 1977, and it took them 21 years to make their first playoff appearance. Like, you know, that sucks. Uh, yeah, Mariners suck. Mariners do suck. Um, and and that <laughs> I, I actually didn't realize that because when you when you see that Ken Griffey Jr. and um, Ichiro Suzuki played for those teams, you just think, wow, the Mariners must have been actually solid. Now, no, no. <laughs> they really haven't been. Alex, do you have a different team? I I had two. Um, the Mariners were one of them. Longest playoff drought. The only team I believe to never make the World Series, but have legends: Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, Ichiro, A. Rod. Like should have been better. Uh, but I'm weirdly enough going to go with the team that started in Seattle and is now in Milwaukee. It is the Milwaukee Brewers. I believe they're the oldest team to never have won a a championship. Um, I know they've been better the last maybe half a decade here. But it's it's been a long time in Milwaukee, and hopefully, you know, maybe they can get a little better at some point. But they've been pretty bad for a long time. They have been pretty bad. An all-time record of uh, .485. That's really bad. Um, one World Series appearance where they lost. That was in 1982. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, my pick, which is another pick from the, um, you know, from the honorable mention, uh, it's the Colorado Rockies, man. Like I know that they expanded in 1993, so that so they're young. So I guess you could consider that you give them a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of something. No, uh, one World Series appearance in 2007, and they lost it. Um, uh, below 500, uh, a below 500 all-time record. I, on the top of my head, maybe Alex, is there anybody who's like besides maybe Larry Walker? Is there a really a prolific player who played for the Rockies that we talk about? I mean, probably Todd Helton is the one guy that you could kind of add in there. He spent his entire career there. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of winning um, feels like a guy who should be in the hall of fame, but I think he's getting the Colorado Rocky non votes because it's easy to hit there. Kind of like how Larry would took Larry a long time to get in because his stats get padded by, by playing in Colorado. But yeah, they just, I mean, they have good players, 
And then they do silly things like trade Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals, give them all the money, and then sign Chris Bryant, who's played four games over the last year and a half. So, yeah, they they just make poor decisions. They make poor decisions, and that's why they're one of the the sh- um, shitty teams of the MLB. All right, let's move on to hockey. Um, James, why don't we start at the top? Who is, in your opinion, the best NHL franchise of all time? Montreal Canadiens. That's 24 cups, man. I mean, like, you, what do you say to that? Like, cool. It hasn't been a while. It's been a long time since they've won one, but 24 cups. 20, there are 35 trips to the finals. They have the most cutthroat ends because they care the most. So the Canadians. Yeah. Um, the, the, I mean, the only thing I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the Habs, I mean, I talk about, I've talked about the original six teams before uh, the Montreal Canadians were the, was the original one. They, they were the first team. Um, and, and it shows, I mean, Maurice Richard, Rock, Maurice Rocket Richard, uh, John Beliveau, Gilles Fleur, among others, uh, Carrie Price re- more recently, uh, just a- absolute amazing, amazing um, franchise and uh, very old and very, you know, historic, much like the Yankees. Uh, it's just, that's, that's the history of, of hockey. Alex, do you have a different team? No, I also had them um, mostly because I believe they're also the most recent Canadian team yes. to win the cup, uh, which same kind of the same thing that we've talked about with the Celtics. The Canadians won a lot of them when the league was much smaller. So that does kind of give me a little bit of a hit. I'll give a shout out to the Pittsburgh Penguins, another original six team. They've been very good over the years. Um, you know, Crosby, Lemieux, Yager, Malkin, Marc-Andre Fleury. Those are some pretty good names right there. Yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins definitely, um, you know, they they went on a nice run, uh, five cups total. Um, my picks, it's Toronto Maple Leafs. I know that's crazy. I know I, it hasn't been since nineteen sixty seven. You've been lying to us for four. Years. I've been lying to you guys, but the Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs are just, uh, it's just the team that that everybody looks up to, um, and it kind of is where you know hockey really revolves around even though they're they're terrible now they just are that historical fr- uh, franchise that when you put the crest on you it means something the other team for me and I, I'm, I'm looking more at the at the current era not so much the Montreal Canadiens era when there's only six teams to play in the playoffs and it's a lot easier to win the Stanley Cup no offense the Detroit Red Wings I mean the, they're another uh, you know original six team but Gordie Howe Steve Eiserman Nicholas from among others that I mentioned uh you know uh Dadzuk uh last year um 11 cups total most recently in 2008 um and in 2002 and 19 and in the late 90s they were just unbelievable um and so to me the Detroit Red Wings they're 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 on their way back up um and you know it's good to see that hockey's better when Detroit's good all right Alex who is your pick for the worst franchise in NHL history yeah so this one's gonna be a little Kind of funky, but I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets slash Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I mean, technically, the Jets moved and became the Coyotes and then re-became the Jets when the Thrashers moved. So, you know, actually, fuck that. I'm just going to focus on the Coyotes. Okay, They're always bad. (laughs) Except for the one time they made that in recent memory that I can think of where they made the Western Conference Finals and they lost to the Kings. They're always trash. And now they have this crazy situation where they're playing. They are supposed to move. Nobody knows what's going on. The Coyotes are a nightmare. They've always been a nightmare. I will give them that their actual Coyote logo, their, the one they came back to that's on their reverse retro, is sweet. And they that's the best thing about the Arizona Coyotes. is I know it has a fancy name that I can't think of right now, but that logo is tight. Uh, I think it's called Kachina. 
Yes, thank you. That one is dope. That's the best thing about that entire franchise. It is. Um, I mean, Keith Kachuk, the 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 dad of the Kachuks that we love, played there. Uh, Jeremy Roenick is 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 a, is a legend. The same with Shane Doan. Um, all great, all the great individuals. But even Shane Doan is now working for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What does that tell you <laughs> in a time like this? Um, Arizona, we don't even know if they're going to be a, a they're, they're going to um, bear that name uh, come next year. James, do you have a different team? I don't, man. Like, I mean, like Alex says, they're always bad. Zero cups, zero conference championships, one division championship in their entire existence. Uh, they're playing out of college. Their seat doesn't even want them. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. For me, I mean, I think that's an easy one to pick on the the um, Coyotes. I I don't I don't mean I don't want to pick on them. I actually think that hockey can work there. It's just they haven't figured it out yet in in terms of where they are. And I think if they can figure if they can figure out where to be, I think that there there's plenty of of opportunity there. For me, it's Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, they've had six playoff appearances and an all time playoff record of fifteen and twenty six. This is what's crazy in their twenty two years of existence they've had one 16 game winning streak in 2016 2017 and the the sweeping of the lightning back in 2019 that's all that 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 the columbus blue jackets have really done in their lives they went 0 and 8 to start in 2015 um let's see here uh something that's even uh, it took columbus eight seasons to make the playoffs for the first time another five to win a playoff game and another five to win to win a series in in the postseason you've gone nowhere <laughs> so um maybe johnny g uh can fix this franchise but i just don't see it for a little while um i i i don't mean to bash on columbus but uh yeah you need to figure it the fuck out all right let's move to the nfl james in your opinion football guy what is the best nfl franchise of all time it's got to be the patriots for me um i mean you think about it like why do you hate the Patriots so much? It's because they probably beat your team somewhere along the line. And if you put emotionality aside, just look at the stats, like they've won 11, their division 11 straight years, six Super Bowls, 11 conference titles, 22 division titles, 28 playoff appearances. That's a mark of excellence straight through and through. It really is. Um, and, and really, and, and really under the similar, you know, coach and, and at the time quarterback situation, like that team was just dominant and everyone hated them. Alex, do you have a different team? I do have a different team. So I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and based off of one thing that has kind of been a theme, they would have been a better team consistently over the decades than the Patriots have been. The Patriots were good for two decades. Granted, those two decades were probably the best we will ever see. But the Steelers have the same amount of Super Bowl wins. Um, and they, but they have a better overall record. They've been to eight Super Bowls. They're six and two. The Pats have been to 11. They're six and five. You know, the Steelers, you think of Bill Coward and Mike Tomlin as great head coaches, Ben Roethlisberger, Terry Bradshaw, all these guys. Um, so I'm going to go with the Steelers, but it, it feels like pulling hairs. You know, they're pretty much tied in my mind. Pretty much tied. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Steelers kind of sat there, um, alone for a while until, until uh new england really started to to yeah. to dig in and um and now anybody could argue that either of those teams now i agree both those teams are up there um this is a homer pick but it's true um the san francisco 49ers are my honorable mention here um and four, 11 final fours uh five super bowl wins 27 playoff appearances um, and I think the it more so has to do with uh, the earlier, like the 1981, 1997, um, you know, string uh, uh, of success. 
Uh, they won five Super Bowls in that f- span of 14 years, four more NFC championship games within that mix. That's the closest thing we've seen to that Patriots run. So we could argue that, you know, they should be up in the top three, top four. Um, and obviously the Dallas Cowboys are in there, but no one loves the cap. Everyone hates the Cowboys. So I guess we could do another one. And like, what's the most hated franchises? We're not going to do that. But um, the, definitely Dallas Cowboys are up there. <laughs> um, any other honorable mentions, James, off the top of your head? I mean, those three are pretty much it, man. Yeah. Uh, the other one would be the Green Bay Packers, maybe, but yeah. uh, that it's just because it's the Green Bay Packers and there's just... Lombardi. That's that's what you think of. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. That that's all. That that wraps up my segment, and that wraps up. The be worst. Yeah, bro. What about worst? Worst. Oh, NFL. Yeah, you're. I, I completely forgot. We got to We got to shit on. Some, I'm sorry. There is so, so no sorry. bad teams in the NFL. It's the best <laughs> no, everyone. Every, no, everyone's good. No. Um. Okay. You know what, Alex? I'm sorry. What is the shittiest? And we're gonna end up on a bad note. What's the shittiest NFL franchise of all time? Yeah, it's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> oh, uh, as much as we just hyped up the Lions last week, they have one playoff win since 1957. That's bad. That's <laughs> not good. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I looked it up earlier, and I really should have written it down. But their playoff record is atrocious. So yeah, I'm going with the Lions, but. I did say that they are going to win a playoff game this year. So they will have two playoffs wins since 1957 as of like <laughs> January this year. <laughs> okay. I love that. James, do you have a different team? I do. I actually have the Houston Texans. Yeah. <laughs> like Houston Texans are bad too. Who wants to play for them? Nobody. I mean, it may change now that D'Amico Ryan's is head coach, but they're pretty much just known for having terrible ownership. Um, that the Deshaun Watson cover up was pretty bad. There's no, there's no way to sugarcoat that one. And if JJ Watt, who is one of the greatest people ever, wants to leave Houston and play somewhere else, that says a lot. That says that speaks volumes. They also haven't won anything. They've been to the playoffs six times and they think they've only won like four games or something. And the worst part about it is they play in the biggest football state in America and they're this bad. Yeah, so both of those were my top two picks um, in terms of the worst. Uh, my honorable mention, it, it's the Arizona Cardinals. You mm. cannot, you cannot be the oldest team in North American sports and not have, have had a championship since then. They, they have the longest drought in history of any of the four major sports in, 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 uh, in, North, in North Air in the United States. That is horrible. Like they've been in the league longer than anybody. Um, and um, they have not had a Super Bowl win. They've had one Super Bowl appearance and it was a loss. And they're that old. Like it's 75 years, guys, that they've been a franchise and they don't have a Super Bowl win. That is ridiculous to me. <laughs> so it's the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, fuck, man. And they're not going to get that much better this year. In fact, they might even be worse. So um, uh, I believe you said they were going to go 0 and 17. I think yeah. I did. I think they're going <laughs> to have the perfect season. So um, sorry, man. I mean, like that's that's just my pick. Um, you know, at least the Texans have not been around for that long or, or they're a little bit easier. Uh, uh, they're not as bad. So that is all I have. So that is all we have this week. Sorry. I missed the, the, I almost missed the, the worst franchises. Um, we really hope you guys enjoyed this, um, enjoyed this week. Uh, I think next week we have Tyler back or is he still in France? I think he should be back. I think he should but, be yeah, back. So it'll be a surprise for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a, it'll, we'll be full, we'll be full strength. Hopefully next week. 
uh, and we'll be able to hear everything that he did, uh, you know, in his time in uh, over in Europe. Um, and with that, we, we, we love you guys. We hope you guys enjoyed and we look forward to you guys next week. Remember, pet forward.